You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 15 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing in the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. The British Chief, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. We're going to be talking a couple of things this week. Usual Chiefs news, as always, but we'll also be giving you our hot takes from training camp, from Chiefs training camp. But first, we were on the Out of a Structure podcast with Matt Stagner and Ron Cobb, weren't we, Tom? We were. We had a good time. We had a good it time with those fun. guys. Like normally, when you record, you can't wait to get off. Like no offense, but with those guys, <laughs> we, we we were on like the call with them for like a good hour and a half to two hours. And yeah. when it comes to time when those guys had to go back to their day jobs, I was a little bit guided. Not going to lie, I uh, I, yeah. I could have sat and recorded with them for another two hours. They were so easy to talk to. I encourage anyone to go back and listen to the show. It's a bit different from a normal Chiefs podcast because you have to wait about 50 minutes until you actually get to any Chiefs chat. But, you know, it's an Anglo-American show. We compare countries. Um, we talk about what we like about each other's country, about things we necessarily don't like about different sports. Uh, football, I explain the offside rule using barbecue, like, there's, there's lots of things to go and check it out for. So please go back, check out that show and uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, fantastic. And and thanks to uh, Matt and Ron for inviting us onto the show. Um, we're hopefully going to return the favour during the season, I think. I think we should do. So it's only right, isn't it? it now is now right. that we've got our differences aside, you know, from Americans and, and British, it's only right that we, you know, we invite them on. Have, make them have a cup of tea or something, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then, mate. Um, should we get straight on to the Chiefs news? Let's do it. There's, there's plenty to talk Let's about. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. This was fantastic news. The franchise is back. And, mate, seriously, when I first... I woke up in the morning, and this had already been out like eight hours beforehand. I think it was already aired on YouTube. Um, and as soon as it flashed up on my uh, YouTube kind of notifications that the franchise episode one was on, I sat in my bed and I watched it. And for the first, I think it was four minutes and 40 odd seconds, I think it was, the goosebumps that were coming off me mm. from that first intro, it had me on such a roller coaster, up, down, angry, sad, happy, excited. Yeah. It was just the most amazing four minutes and 43 seconds of my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the first thing I did, I went on to the, uh, you know, obviously our chat, our kind of group chat that we've got. And I was like, have you guys seen this? Have you watched it? And some of you had already watched it already. You're like, yeah, it's amazing. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm sure um, Mrs. Simcox or Mrs. Britchief is uh, pleased to hear, what, hear that. Let's hope she doesn't listen to this show. No, but you're right. It was the first time that I've seen anything to do with the Super Bowl, like the terrible Super Bowl since it happened. Yeah. It's this Super Bowl. 
has left my memory basically I haven't watched any of the highlights even like the hero plays in Mahomes like the, the sideways throw and the horizontal throw and the spinning round throw into the back of the end zone trying to hit Byron Pringle I've, I've not watched any of the highlights since so for me all of those memories come from the actual night itself mm. but even watching the franchise I didn't mind seeing them then because like you're watching the intro and you're you're looking at like how much work has gone into this off season when it's going through like Orlando Brown Joe, uh, Joe Tooney Carl Long etc etc and you're thinking this team is like in the first four minutes you can see that, that this team means means business like from the coaching staff to the personnel department all the way through to the media department like Dan Van Wy, the guy that does the films for Chiefs, that man is a genius. We've worked with him. We worked with him for the Legion of Zoom cast, uh, Legion of Zoom uh, video back in at the start of the year. And like seriously, like Spielberg, watch your back because because <laughs> <laughs> that guy deserves an Oscar for, the, for what he produced. Seriously, mate, it was one of the best things that I've seen for a long, long time that's Chiefs related mm -hmm. that I thought, my God, this is like, I, I, I like to edit videos and things like that and hype videos, but to get to that kind of level, it was just off the charts. I mean, yeah. the voiceovers that were on there, the comments that were made on there, yeah. the, the, the piecing together of all of the footage, from, like you said, from the Super Bowl, obviously to the point where the Chiefs are kind of brushed the, brushing this off and, and setting themselves up now with, you know, a, a good chance of probably going back to the Super Bowl again, dare I say, yeah. Touchwood. Um, and, but the music that was playing with it as well, I think it was uh, Greta Van Fleet, I think it was, that was the, the music that's playing in the background. I've actually downloaded that on my Spotify now. <laughs> wow. Because it, it, was, it was such a powerful thing. And I don't know, I, I thought it was just me overreacting to it, but it seems to have got a really good reaction from James yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, and the whole episode was good. Like one thing I did wonder when I was watching it, it was I wonder whose collection of cards is worth more money, yours or Andrew Wiley's. Like if you had to, based on what he said right there, who do you reckon in monetary value has a more valuable uh, card collection? Oh, I don't know because uh, there's, there's there's some goodies in there in the in my uh, couple of cases that I've got. So um, I I might have to, I might have to actually get in contact with him just see if we can work out some trades. Really? <laughs> yeah, I might have to do that. But he's he's big into his Pokemon, and I'm not really into that. But you're kind of into your Pokemon because that was kind of your generation as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was the right age for Pokemon. Like, oh, I this, this is like again a complete sidetrack. And some people <laughs> of my era who were into Pokemon will love this story. But me and my brother used to collect together, right? And because at the time I, I I was ten, he was nine, so we collected together. So whenever Dad went and bought some packets, we opened them together. And now it's one Sunday morning, he bought us a packet of Pokemon cards and we opened them and the first card to pop up was like a shiny Charizard which was like one of the rarest oh, cards and I, know, wanted, and I know who Charizard is and yeah and everyone wanted a Charizard at the time anyways I took the, I took our collection into school the next day and I ended up swapping the Charizard for like eight <laughs> shinies and I come home and I told my brother and my brother physically attacked me like <laughs> <laughs> Like saw red mist. Like he he was like like a defensive end trying to get after a quarterback. He was like that kind of angry, and he went after me. So there's a story that Andrew Wiley might might like, but it was an odd one that they went to Andrew Wiley in the first place. Like 
it's mm. like of all the guys to go to because he's kind of like we're going to talk about the offensive line in a bit he's kind of like on the outside looking in now like mm. he started the Super Bowl but he's not going to be involved he like his name's not getting mentioned at all when it comes to offensive line reps now so it's strange that they they highlighted him but it was good also that they highlighted Orlando Brown and there's clear hunger from him to really succeed at left tackle and it's easy for to talk about any NFL player because every NFL player has hunger and desire to do well but for Orlando Brown, because of the family connection, you can see like that this guy is going to stop at absolutely nothing to succeed in the position that he wants to succeed in. The thing I liked about Orlando Brown's interview was he looks so calm, yeah, so relaxed, just so kind of focused on nobody's going to touch Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and and that's the thing that I think will resonate right the way across that offensive line. Going back to what the obviously what the what the, uh, the franchise had at the beginning. There was a quote on there that basically said the Chiefs basically said to the NFL, whatever happened in the Super Bowl will never happen again. And the signing of Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney and, and, and rejigging this complete O-line now has really set that benchmark. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait for the seasons to start. Um, I mean, we're going to get into the training camp takeaways in a, in a bit. Going on in, further on into the Chiefs news, uh, Tyron Matthew has responded to a reporter on Twitter regarding a story about the secondary definitely needing Zavian Howard from the Dolphins. Uh, did you see this, Tom? No, please enlighten me. I thought Tyron Matthew hated me this week. Like <laughs> yesterday, on Thursday lunchtime, when my phone started going crazy, I was thinking, why is my phone, why are my notifications going mental? <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, I ran with a story for headlines on Thursday and um, the, the headline itself was the Chiefs, quote, badly need, close quote, Xavier Howard. And I put it out there because as I do with headlines, if, headlines, if anything yeah. is said like that or if there's anything that's going to generate conversation amongst the Chiefs kingdom, like something like this would normally do. I put it out there as a headline. There's no point putting a story out there that no one's going to engage with. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing my job properly. It's, it's, some people might yeah. call it clickbait, but at the end of the day, we're trying to generate conversation at Arrowhead Pride. That's why that's why our website is to for you guys to to engage in the news and engage with each other. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not apologising for that. But what I didn't expect was for Tyron Matthew sitting in his bed at, at St. Joe at <laughs> 6.30 in the morning KC time to uh, clock onto that and tell us basically that we're funny and we don't need Xavier and Howard and then start going on about Traverius Ward and Bashar Breland and telling us how we're ungrateful as Chiefs fans. <laughs> so yeah, I asked Tyron, but I didn't ask Tyron. I quoted the tweet and I said, I feel like one of my favourite players hates me right now because Tyron Matthew is one of my favourite players. But he responded to me, which is surreal in itself. And he said, he doesn't hate me. He's just got his dogs back. I know they w- I know what they are capable of and what they are asked to do. It isn't easy. It isn't fun. So Tyron's okay with me. He's okay with me. But I still feel a little bit like disheartened because, <laughs> because he's one of my favourite players. And I took a lot of beef on Twitter yesterday from like people getting involved saying, we don't need Damien yeah. Howard. And I'm like, I know, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to your defence, you did, I think it was the day before the, or even two days before, I think, there were some tweets that you sent out where you were basically saying, no, we don't need Xavier Howard at all. We just don't need him. Um, you know, it, it's, it'd be nice to have him, but 
Um, I don't think numbers work, all that kind of thing. You know, you gave your reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, for you to get flack <laughs> from somebody else's article yeah. directly from the player that is... It, it, it's, mate, I was laughing my back off because I was actually in the comments trying to stir it up. I was going, you tell him, Tyron. You tell him. Here's <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was actually asking Twitter as well if I can have you... Your blue check mark as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the one thing yeah. I didn't want to do is I I didn't want to throw Matt Miller under the bus because it was Matt Miller that had the quote there. He's the one that said when Xavier Howard first become available for trade. Bad Matt Miller. He was the one that said we needed, we badly needed Xavier Howard. Um, but I wasn't going to so I wasn't going to turn around to Tyron Matthew and go sorry it wasn't me. <laughs> it was it was Matt Miller. <laughs> I, I was I wasn't going to do that. I'm not a grass. In that voice as well. It wasn't me. It wasn't yeah. me, Tyron. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just sat there. I, I I took it all in. It was a bit surreal. And yeah, um, I'm going to be really careful with what I post on headlines from now on. Like for, for yesterday, for example, um, I posted a really nice positive story about Tyron Matthew as the headline, how he's like the lead safety in Madden 22. And I was like trying, trying to get back into his good books immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was hilarious. I must admit it was, uh, it was very good entertainment and um, you know, credit to you because you, you know, you could have been, like you said, you could have thrown somebody under the bus about that, but you didn't, you were very professional about it, mate. And hopefully that's all been straightened out between yourself and Tyron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in the Chiefs news, Travis Kelsey and Mahomes remain in the Madden 99 club. Uh, there's apparently two Chiefs in only five members of the 99 club this year. And they are Devante Adams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. That's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, two out of the five 99s yeah. on Madden. I mean, I, I must admit, I'm not a massive Madden player. Um, and, and I actually found out something new this week as well, that apparently the reason why I've been playing badly on Madden all this time is because I haven't been using the sliders, apparently, because I, I actually complained that, that I've used Tyreek Hill in Madden before and I've had a, you know, a speed 76 lineman manage to catch up to him. Um, and... Apparently, I've been playing Madden all wrong all this time. I have no idea what you're talking about, so maybe I'm playing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, the, the sliders and things like that, that kind of brings up the you know the realism to it or something. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't. I have no idea, mate. But uh, apparently, loads of people were telling me about it on Twitter. So um, apparently, it is a thing. Okay, I'll, um, I'll, I'll Google it when I get back. Um, this kind of got revealed in the franchise, didn't it? Because the Travis Kelsey video come out on, I think, it, I believe it was Monday about him being 99 or Tuesday, whenever it was. Mm, and it yeah. showed him receiving the bling, the 99 chain. And then when I was I watching- I do want one of those, by the way. Uh, yeah. And when I was watching the franchise, it was showing Patrick Mahomes turn up to camp. And I noticed that day that he was wearing the 99 he was wearing the 99 chain in the franchise. I thought, oh, okay, he's a 99. So it was spoiler alert a little bit from the Chiefs part because yeah. we found out two days earlier than we were supposed to, thanks to the franchise. But it's well-deserved. It makes me laugh that Aaron Rodgers isn't 99. I'm not going to lie because he's he was the MVP. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time and, and he still has some left in the tank. But given all the escapades that he's been up to this past season and especially this week, I couldn't care less whether Aaron Rodgers is 99 or not. I just prefer <laughs> he was 19 as opposed to 99. Like the Packers, quick sidetrack, the Packers are the most unrootable 
team in the NFL this year. They they simply are yeah. because of Aaron Rodgers. No one wants Aaron Rodgers to win this year. But back to Madden, two out of the five, that's phenomenal. We had a conversation uh-huh. a few weeks ago about how it would be disappointing if the Chiefs don't have multiple rings whilst having such a talented team. And no two players to signify that more than... Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. They're just, they're phenomenal, the pair of them. And yeah, I reckon Tyreek Hill will probably join them by the end of the year. He's what, in 98, isn't he? So he's only one away. He's only one away. And I think Tyreek Hill's in for a monster year. So don't be surprised by the end of the season we have three 99 players on Madden. Yeah. I wanted to get your your opinion on this because um, I remember you saying that... um, one of the reasons you are a Chiefs fan is because you used to play the games as well as with with the Chiefs team, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, no, that was that that was the old ESPN two K games, which exactly, were, yeah. which were miles better. But um, yeah, you just touched on it there. I mean, uh, Tyree kills a ninety eight. I think uh, Tyron Matthew, your friend Tyron Matthew, is a ninety five, and he's the best safety mm-hmm. on the game, which again doesn't kind of correlate to what the other rankings are during, you know, during all of these, like um, these talking heads arguments yeah. that they never seem to give Tyron Matthew the credit he deserves. Anyway, the last thing, uh, well, there's a couple of things left in the Chiefs news. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has actually bought into another organization uh, where he's actually, he's part ownership of Sporting KC, which now makes Sporting KC our favorite MLS team. It does, it does, it does. And this is pretty big news. It's another sign that Patrick Mahomes is willing to stay in Kansas City. He sees his future in Kansas City. He came out today and said this community is like taking him on so well since he got there. And he wants to make an impact and investing in the sports teams is the way he wants to do it. Soccer seems to be the sport that as a pair, him and Brittany are both heavily invested into it. Like she, she used to play, I believe, and now she's part owner of the Kansas City women's side, I, I believe, as well. Yeah. Um, he came out today, Mahomes, and he he said that it was Brittany that like piqued his interest. He said his love of soccer started with Brittany. She has Casey NWSL. He wanted to do his own thing. So between them, they they own. Well, no, he doesn't own older sport in KC, but they own a, a large proportion of um, soccer interests in Kansas City, which is good. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the FIFA World Cup potentially coming to Kansas City. It's more sway, global superstar. It's just, it goes to show that soccer slash football is making waves through Kansas City and it will continue to do so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes you wonder where it's going to stop either as well, because I know there's a lot of people still crying out for an NBA team. Maybe yeah. Patrick Mahomes can bring an NBA team along. Um, They've got he the may arena. even be part owner in the Chiefs. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. You're talking about the NBA, that's a good one because the Sprint Centre is is an NBA arena in waiting. I don't think it's called yeah. the Sprint Centre anymore. I think it's a T-Mobile Centre now. It was a Sprint Centre when I went there anyway. Um, yeah, the, the, that's that's ready that it's a downtown state right. uh, downtown indoor stadium it's it's ready for the nba so i don't know if they're going to get ice hockey as well but uh, an nba team in kansas city would would be great especially with the breakup of the big 12 happening because mm. obviously before you the you had the big college big 12 basketball tournament in kansas city um i think every february or january february and now that's not going to happen because the big 12 isn't going to exist anymore, is it? So um, yeah. there's going to be a basketball void in Kansas City and hopefully um, one day the NBA can fill it. 
and we will be fans of that NBA team as well. Uh, I won't. I'm not leaving my boys, Dallas. I'm sorry. You're not leaving Dallas, Mavericks. No, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm, I'm too entrenched now with like the European influence in in Dallas. Like you, I've had Dirk. Now I've got Luca. No, I'm I'm well entrenched with the Mavs. I'm sorry. You're still in with Luca, eh? yeah. 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 I might have to leave the Sixers. I don't know. Uh, the other last thing on the news was uh, Tariq Hill has stupidly challenged Usain Bolt to a race (laughs) Um, I mean what what good's going to come of that I don't know I mean Usain Bolt the fastest man alive Tariq Hill yes he's fast everybody knows he's fast and I think it could be a close-ish race especially in like the 40 yard dash but I mean 100 yards I think Usain Bolt's just leaving Tyreek for dust there, isn't he? Well, this was Usain, uh, not Tyreek Hill's quote today because he's kind of like doubled down on it. After going onto a Twitter argument, he doubled down on it again today. So he's not oh he's not God. backing down on this at all. He said today, this is the quote, Usain Bolt got out of the game for a reason, right? He's old, he's washed up, and oh. he can't see me at 40 yards. A 100-yard dash, yes, that's what he does. But 40-yard dash, Usain Bolt, you cannot see me. Now, originally when this quote came out, I thought they were talking about a 100-meter race or potentially 200-meter race, of which Usain Bolt holds both world records. Uh But the 40-yard dash, now Usain Bolt is a... The world, the greatest sprinter, the world's fastest man, the the fastest Uh man that's ever lived on Earth. But he's not the best starter. He never ha- was the best starter. And I know he's a bit older now, point. but he never was mm. the best starter. And 40-yard dash is you, you start, you finish. That's all it is. There's no middle part. There's no, like Usain Bolt through the middle and the end was, was phenomenal. But the start, he was yeah. a little bit lacking. So I don't know. Like before I was thinking, yeah, Tari, you don't stand a chance. But maybe over 40 yards with Usain Bolt, what, being retired now? I reckon maybe Tariq might have him only over yeah. 40. Anything further than that, if it give Usain Bolt like time to get pull up, uh, build up some steam, then absolutely mm. not. I know Usain Bolt said that he ran a 4-2-2 in like pajamas once. Um, pajamas and uh, was it? I don't know what he said, slippers or something. I yeah. don't know what it was, <laughs> but um, which I can I can believe because you know you know Usain Bolt is one of the most phenomenal athletes that we've ever seen yeah. on the planet. Um, and in his prime, yeah, without a doubt, you know, he's, he's, I can believe he can do a 4 but wasn't Tyreek something like 4-2-4 unofficially yes. or something? Yeah, he's, he's obviously only done the unofficial one. He hasn't done the official combine one. He never went to yeah. the combine. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where I, I stand on this. I, I, it's gone from being ridiculous to thinking actually, yeah, an old Usain Bolt versus a Tyreek Hill in his peak might be a lot closer than I originally thought. As I said, if it was over 100 yards, absolutely not. Usain Bolt would destroy him. But 40 yards, maybe, just maybe, Tyreek Hill might be able to do that. If they put them both in pads, Tyreek Hill will kill him. Yeah. <laughs> kill him. Kill him. But um, maybe not. In, in pyjamas, uh, Usain Bolt might just have him. Pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to happen, though, hasn't it? It has to happen because this they were talking about this a few years ago. I think it was the Super Bowl that we weren't in. When it was yeah. it was before the, the when when did we draft McCall Harmon? It was before then. So what the 2018 19 draft. So 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was the Super Bowl then. So it was the Rams versus the Patriots. And I think those two were like hooking up during during the week mm-hmm. and like doing some promo stuff. And I remember them talking then about racing. 
So then now this conversation has been going on for like two and a half years now. Like let's, <laughs> let's get this thing done. Like, yeah, let's line them up wherever the race needs to be in a stadium, on a football field, wherever. Let's, let's get Tyreek Hill versus Usain Bolt. Let's do it. Charity event. I think they should do it for, for charity maybe as well. Yeah. Everyone, every NFL fan would tune into that. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, mate. Without a shadow of a doubt. All right, then. I think we'll leave it for for now. Um, We're going to head to a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about our takeaways from Chiefs training camp. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. We're going to be talking about Chiefs training camp and some of the takeaways that we've uh, we've got so far. I think one of the main takeaways so far is that the, the rookies really are making sure that people are standing up and watching them. It's it's interesting to see. I mean, we're going to get into talking about the likes of Noah Gray and uh, Nick Bolton later on, but one of the key things uh, that we're really interested in, we've mentioned in previous shows, is Chris Jones is really finding life comfortable at defensive end. And he actually told reporters that he loves rushing from the edge. Uh, and he would have actually had a sack in camp this week had it been a full contact training. Mm. I've not really seen much of Chris Jones on the, the videos that we see because we don't really see the we don't really seem to see a lot, do we, uh, Tom? We we kind of get fed things that, you know, from fans at at the training camp, and obviously through Pete Sweeney, who's uh, Arrowhead Pride, and he's 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 actually stationed there, giving us some of the information. But what do you think of Chris Jones's comments? I mean, for me, it, it just seems a little bit crazy to realise that Chris Jones is really finding life comfortable at defensive end. Yeah, he seems to enjoy it, doesn't he? He, yeah. he really does seem to enjoy it. Like he's played snaps there before. I think he, I think he played like was it twenty five to thirty percent of snaps there last year. Mm. So playing defensive end isn't uh, alien to him, but it's looking like that he's deadly serious about making that step up. And it it yeah. must be the addition of Jaron Reed that's allowed him to kick outside. Now we have Jaron Reed in there. We have like the likes of him, Turk Wharton, Derek Nardi. So we have these defensive tackles that can make do without Chris Jones being in there, which is allowing Chris Jones to kick out onto the outside. He's playing with the ones. So whoever he's talking about having a sack, he's lining up opposite Orlando Brown or Mike Remmers. So Mike Remmers at right tackle is serviceable. Orlando Brown at left tackle is expected to be good. So it wouldn't have been an easy easy deal for him to to beat one of those guys to get a sack. I saw a report today that there's not meant to be any contact on the quarterback, and Chris Jones got caught hugging Patrick Mahomes. Like you don't do, don't do don't do that don't do that don't you hurt our Pat? Like they, we could we could go off players really quickly if they injured Pat Mahomes. Like like really really quickly. But I, I'm here for it. The lack of depth behind him, like you've got Alex Okafor, you've got Taco Charlton, Mike Dana. Those guys are serviceable, but they aren't exciting. So having Chris Jones out on the edge, if he's just as effective on the edge as he is in the interior, then we are laughing. We really are laughing. But let's wait until the pads come on. Let's wait until we see some preseason games. Let's wait until week one. Let's see how they line him up in those games. And then we'd be able to make it like a determination whether he's actually going to be effective or not in the coming season. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is is, is the fact that it's really going to keep um, offenses really kind of guessing what's going on because um, Chris Jones has always been a factor on the interior, but you know, having him coming on the outside and, and running at you from the edge, um, this defense is already looking as though it's going to be really kind of, um, complicating matters in, uh, in in any quarterback's head 
mm-hmm. um, because you've got so many different moving parts going on. I mean, we've mentioned before about Legereus Sneed, you know, he's, he's another one that can, you can bring in as kind of like a nickel. Um, and having that added kind of confusion with Chris Jones, is he interior? Is he, is he outside? I love it. It's seeing the defensive side, you kind of work out what's going to come next. I mean, even to the untrained, untrained eye like me, you know whether it's going to be a blitz or whether it's going to be you know a cover play or anything like that. But having Chris Jones in there, you just really don't know what's going to happen, do you? No, no. And it's a lot of it's dependent on the push that the interior guys get as well. Yeah. There's no point having Frank Clark and Chris Jones on the edge beating, beating their tackles and forcing the quarterback to step up if Turk Wharton and Jaron Reed aren't pushing the pocket backwards as well. So you, yeah. you kind of need, you need the all four to work together. And I feel like that the Chiefs must be comfortable with Reed and Wharton to allow Chris Jones to do this, to lose some weight, to actually put some genuine effort and some genuine time into this transition into an into a defensive end. Otherwise, if they didn't, if they weren't comfortable, I don't think they would do it because Chris Jones in the middle is such a monster. Yeah, there's no point making a strength a weakness if the position you're trying to upgrade doesn't upgrade enough. You need you need them both yeah. to upgrade. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. But the Chiefs feel clearly feel comfortable with it, and I'm excited to see it. I like the fact that Chris Jones made a prediction that he was going to get 23 sacks when uh, there was a fan actually shouted out saying, I want 20 out of you this year, Chris Jones. And he's like, 23. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, yeah, just let's just open it up. Let's just go for the sack if, record. Why if not? He, if he gets 23 <laughs> sacks from defensive end, he will be getting the largest contract in NFL history for a defensive player. Like, let's let's be honest. Um, if he got 23 sacks from the interior, he'd be getting an even bigger contract. But um, 23 sacks from from defensive end would be phenomenal. Would, would be record-breaking, wouldn't it? Or record-tying, yeah. as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's, it's actually interesting as well. It's just staying on the Chris Jones chat. Um, he's kind of not getting involved with this kind of um, matching up to Aaron Donald, is he? No. He's, yeah, he's not kind of bothered by that. He's, he's more along the lines of, you know what, this is probably what I want to do more. I want to get really kind of into the defensive end side of things. Um, you know, people have been kind of comparing him a little bit to Aaron Donald, but um, I mean, Aaron, Don, Aaron Donald's he's, he's, a, he's one of those generational talents again, mm-hmm. isn't he? Um, he's a phenomenal talent. And to go trying to, he- to try and go head to head with Aaron Donald is, it sounds a bit crazy. So I think Chris is really thinking about, you know what, how am I going to get to the quarterback the best? And I think he feels that he can really do a job on the defensive end. And, uh, and, and, and that's the, that's the position he really wants to go for. Like you said, he's slimmed down as well. He's slimmed down to, for the position. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really making a go of it. So looking forward to seeing what he can do in the, uh, in the season. Anyway, moving on. Noah Gray uh, is receiving huge praise uh, from the, <laughs> from the Chiefs and from Monday Night Football analyst Lewis Riddick. Uh, apparently, uh, Riddick tweeted out, Noah Gray, tight end, don't forget the name, he's going to be fire emoji. He's really kind of been given this opportunity now, hasn't he, with uh, the fact that Kelsey's been held out of, of training recently because of a back slash hip injury. What have you seen so far from Noah Gray that you think, do you know what, he is the baby Kelsey, to quote Pizza I've seen people saying P- baby Kelsey. That's what, that's yeah. what I've seen. And it's a tough one, isn't it? Because they are in 
helmets but like shells aren't they they haven't got pads on at the moment so it is really tough to to gauge how well certain players are doing but everything's going in the right direction if Lewis Riddick is coming out and saying something about the Chiefs then it's true because he is so plugged in with the with the franchise with Andy Reid as well like if there's a go-to guy for the Chiefs it's Lewis Riddick if Lewis Riddick says it believe it that's that's the way I see that's the way I see yeah. things similar to how Terez was as well if Terez says something you believed it I, I'm the same way with Lewis Riddick um, what I've seen clips I love it. He seems to have good bursts. He runs clean routes. He's got good hands, which is always good for a tight end because it's been so long since we've had another tight end not named Travis Kelsey who can be a capable backup. Like Demetrius Harris, he showed, I knew it. He showed <laughs> flashes. He showed flashes. I knew you were going to bring him up. I knew it. <laughs> he, he was a typical backup tight end. He showed flashes, but he also had huge holes in his games and sometimes he had huge holes in his hands as well. Like that's just the way it is. But if we can get a serviceable, decent tight end that can come in and make it look like Travis Kelsey isn't missing, then we are onto something because like I've sat here and said before, we are a Travis Kelsey injury away from disaster because he is so important to this offense. And if we've now got a capable backup that can perform at even like 75% of Travis Kelsey's level, then we're laughing. He's young. He's, he's the heir apparent to Travis Kelsey. And okay, it's hard not to overreact because we are only like three or four days into Chiefs camp. They haven't even put pads on yet. But when you're seeing these type of reports from the likes of Lewis Riddick, from the likes of Pete, from all the guys that are at training camp that are seeing it with those, their own eyes and seeing this burst from the line, seeing how well that this guy is doing, then it's hard not to get excited. I just hope that when we get to preseason and Travis Kelsey takes a lot of snaps off because he will, because he's a vet, he's he's like a seven-year vet. He doesn't need to play preseason. I hope Noah Gray really shows up and causes headaches for defensive coordinators because if you've now got Tyreek Hill... Um, McCall Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then you've got the two tight ends in, that can both run decent routes and catch footballs, then again, it's just a more headaches for defensive coordinators. So there's potential for this to be a really, really big move for the Chiefs, this, this particular draft pick. And I really hope that it does work out that way. I don't think Noah Gray would mind the baby Kelsey kind of tagline, would he? No, no. It's not. I think that's a real good compliment. The, uh, the, there is a bit of a downside, but again, it's only been a few days, but uh, Creed Humphrey has had a bit of a rough start to camp. Uh, apparently, he's, he's botched two or three snaps to Mahomes. It's, it, it is good to get these things out ironed out in Chiefs camp, though. I mean, we saw that with Mahomes a couple of years ago, didn't we? When um, I think the whole of social media went absolutely crazy at the fact that Mahomes had thrown something like eight picks or something you know, in training camp. Creed Humphrey, I still believe in the guy. I mean, you know, he's 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 one of the best centers around, and it's just probably nerves at the end of the day. You know, rookies at the end of the day, you can't expect all of these rookies to be on point straight away um, and and getting grips with everything that's that, that's going on in the professional kind of NFL team. So, for me, Creed Humphrey, stick at it, son. Keep going, Mahomes. He'll probably have a whisper in his ear now and again, just going, "Do you know what? Just settle it down, calm it down, lad." Typical Sunday morning captain, yeah, Sunday league captain, just 
Calm yeah. down, lads. Make some plays. Calm down, lads. Inter- relax. I found that interesting <laughs> that you were ready to call Creed Humphrey one of the best centers in the league already. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, let, let, let's not go crazy, Tom. <laughs> Ninety days into his <laughs> NFL career, hasn't even played a single snap yet, and you're sitting there calling him one of the best centers in football. Like, <laughs> and they're all high on this offensive line, but that's maybe a little too high already. Yeah. But no, it, it's it's nerves. They're getting used to each other. Like they're getting used to the way that each other work. Um, he's a left-handed. Uh, center, so he snaps with his left hand, which is going to be different from what Mahomes mm-hmm. has seen before. Um, it's not a big deal. They've got what seven, eight weeks, well, f- five, six weeks to get this sorted. I'm not worried in the slightest about Shit. snaps at all. I'm not. It's, it, 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 it will all line itself out before the season starts. Exactly that, mate. Um, the interesting thing is another rookie. Uh, Trey Smith was in with the ones at right guard with Remmers at right tackle. Is this a good indication that Smith will start week one, do you think? 100%. Like, 100%. (laughs) He's starting week one. He now, he he is holding all the cards now. It's now up to Larry to win that job back. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're all so excited about Trey Smith. Everyone said that he shouldn't have been drafted where he was. He had first and second round talent. It was injuries that are the reason why he dropped. The Chiefs have got a steal here. They have got an absolute steal here. And you've got Andy Reid sitting there who's now willing to play two rookies on his offensive line from day one of Chiefs camp. That doesn't happen. That does not happen unless he has complete faith in those guys. And they're fresh guys. They don't have bad habits from other franchises. They don't have the memories of the Super Bowl. They don't know disappointment in the NFL. Let's just start afresh. Let's go for Project Youth on the offensive line. I would love to see Lucas Niang at right tackle. It's not going to happen. It's going to be Mike Remmers. But I'm kind of okay with that because Mike Remmers on right tackle last year was pretty good. The problems was when we asked him to move to left tackle for the Super Bowl. That's where it all, that's yeah. where it all went Pete Tong. So um, I, I'm, okay with, I'm okay with Mike Remmers, but I'm so excited about Trey Smith. I'm just, I am so, so excited to see what this guy can do. Like he talks about violence, which is all you want to hear about offensive line. You want to hear him talking well, but then start talking about violence and have that little bit of attitude. He has that. He just, he just has it. He just oozes like prototypical offense, nasty offensive linemen. So yeah, bring him in. Let's bring up these four guys from, from Brown to Trey Smith together and then eventually add Lucas Niang. And then you've got an offensive line for four or five years at minimum there. I love it. Yeah. We, we, we keep bringing up the, uh, the, the kind of factor of what a story can be as well. And with the likes of Trey Smith, he has this kind of story now where he's like, do you know what? All these teams passed on me. Mm-hmm. through the draft nobody believed in me I dropped and dropped and dropped and draft he's hungry he's really excited to actually get on this uh, and he's muscled his way into this this uh, this offensive line straight away hasn't he yeah. straight from the off um, and like you said I think the Chiefs are very high on him and they believe in the guy and his mindset's right he's excited he's hungry I really can't wait to see him start week one I really can't but um, apparently, uh, Niang had started um, a few snaps today, didn't he? I think Pete, yeah. uh, Pete Sweeney reported that Niang was on the right and uh, apparently Remus came back in later on. So they're still testing. The Chiefs are t- still testing yeah. that right side. But I mean, I'm not worried about the right side. I, I'm more bothered about the left-hand side, the blind side. And that just seems sorted. Uh, the, with the Niang thing, I think feel like they're giving him snaps because he's clearly their backup swing tackle. 
So yeah. he's he's now in a position where if any of the two go down, he's gonna he's gonna fill that position. So they need to give him snaps on the right and the left um, during training camp. And and I expect to see a heavy dose of Lucas Niang in the in the in the preseason as well. Mm. Um, I, I'm not too sure whether we're going to see much of the other guys in like the third preseason game, but we'll see yeah. a heavy dose of Lucas Niang because he's got some catching up to do. He he missed a year of football because of COVID so um, any any work he can get is beneficial but I just want to ask you a quick question before we get out of here like what, what guy are you looking to step up in the next week like so we've got another week until we record another week of cheese camp loads more footage loads more content coming our way which which guy for you is like the one that you've, you want to see more of in the next week and you can't say Nick Bolton <laughs> <laughs> do you know what right outside of Nick Bolton I really before Cheese camp started. I really wanted to see what Willie Gay could do yes. because we'd seen what we we see we saw what he did previously. Obviously, before he got injured, and um, I like what I saw from him. But recently in this Chiefs camp, Willie Gay looks like an absolute boss, mm. and I cannot get him out of my head at the minute. That the fact that he's breaking up players that have been kind of thrown by Patrick Mahomes and you know Patrick Mahomes has been going for his number one target Tyreek Hill and Willie Gay is there and he's batting the ball down and he's making sure that he is his presence is is there if there was anybody I wanted to really kind of step up especially with the fact that you know Hitchens has gone down um, I think he's injured recently isn't he Hitchens yes he is um, and and Willie Gay has kind of stepped up and and kind of commanded this presence I'm really on board with this Willie Gay bandwagon. I really am. I don't know about you. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I think Willie Gay needs to put himself in a position to play this year. He has to. Yeah. He needs to play the will. He has to be a starter. He has to start. It has to be Hitchens and him. Um, it'd be great if we could get clued up enough that we could take Ben Neiman out in the dime packages and put Willie Gain because he has yeah. the he has the physical tools to play in coverage on those sort of downs. It would be great if we could see him. A guy that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, more of is McCall Hartman. Um, it'd be interesting to yes. see how they work him into the offense because there is some there is some competition there now. And he's talked a good game this offseason, McCall Hartman. He's certainly talked the talk now. I want to see him walk the walk. Um, there was a play today, <coughs> excuse me, I think uh, Mahomes for a rainbow of a pool uh, pass. Yeah. And um, he beat Charveris Ward for, for legs, but Charveris Ward got back and managed to bat the ball down. And it'd be oh, nice. I saw that, great, yeah. great play by Charveris Ward. Really good play by Charveris Ward. But be, it would have been even better if we saw McCall Hardman go up and get that ball. It, it would have been like strong catch. Like, like we've seen Tyreek Hill do a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and I'm not seeing him saying I want McCall Harbin to be Tyreek 2.0. That's unreasonable. Tyreek Hill is a generational uh, talent in terms of in terms of speed <clears throat> um, and route running as well. Like put the whole package, Rob. I don't want to just hear and say oh, Tyreek Hill was all speed. He had he's the package. But um, it'd be nice to see McCall Harbin now take that step up in the next few weeks. Really make that WR two position his own. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what type of buzz we get around McCall in the next week or so. Wasn't it nice to see Chavarius Ward turn his head when he did yes. uh, on that play? It's it so was simple, phenomenal. It? I've never seen a Chiefs cornerback do that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple, isn't it? Isn't it crazy like how you just get like, you watch the tiniest thing in, in Chiefs camp and you all you're, all you're seeing is like the tiniest improvement but it's an improvement and that improvement means that your team is getting better. Like in the overall picture, it's such a tiny little thing 
like Tarverius Ward managing to turn his head. But those are the type of things that can make a difference in games. Yeah. Like, it's just simple, like getting your eyes on the ball and making a play on the ball. It, it, potentially that could eventually lead to intercepting the ball for all we know. It's like, like it's, it's such a small improvements. They talk about all the time, the Chiefs getting better every day. And if we can see that throughout Chiefs camp, as the Chiefs camp go on and throughout the preseason games rolling into the season, then an, an upgraded version of the 2020 Chiefs going into 2021 is something to get really excited about. Yes, you can sit there and say every team's going to improve. That's not true. It just doesn't happen. We see it every year. Teams go from good to bad, from bad to good. If the Chiefs can be a good team and become a great team, then it is it's all the potential to be a really special season. And little things like seeing Charles Ward turning his head on a rainbow pass is just yeah. the beginning of that. The other thing I wanted to touch on, uh, another takeaway that we've got there is uh, the fact that the Chiefs seem to be working on screens and short passes, including Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It looks to be a new focus. And we've mentioned this on previous uh, podcasts that we didn't understand why CEH was no. was never kind of involved in that short game. Mm. And yes, you've got that generational talent in, in Patrick Mahomes and you want to look for the 80-yard bombs for sure, without a doubt. But to, to move that ball and, and to move those chains, I think you really need to kind of adapt and kind of add a little bit of that kind of short game as well yeah. and include CEH in that. And especially with this O-line, I, I think you mentioned it before in a tweet um, about CEH that you are really looking forward to seeing CEH operate behind this offensive line. Yeah, and not only in the run game, but also in the pass game. Like we've got guys there that are going to be really good in space like guys mm. that will be able to get out into the flats and then block for screenplays. Like Andy Reid is so like famous for screenplays. We've seen, <laughs> yeah. we've seen him use screenplays in like the most craziest situations when we're trying to ice a game and he's, he's throwing a screenplay to ice a playoff game or something like that. It's just, it's just mad. I've, I, I, there was one a couple of years ago, he done to Spencer Ware and to ice a game. I can't remember the opponent, but it was such a ballsy call, but Andy Reid trusts his screen game that much that he's willing to do that. And for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to really make that step up and to really get those receiving yards, he's going to have to be a factor in the screen game. It's what Jamal Charles was excellent at. And I'm not sitting there saying, I want Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be Jamal Charles level because Jamal Charles is one of the greatest running backs of all time. I don't care what anyone says. I agree. Uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not going to get to that level, but if he can get to a very good level, in the passing game, especially in the screen game, and with having those big guys out in front that can move in space, then it's just another weapon. It's just another, a little bit that the Chiefs can add to their arsenal. And I'm going to stop saying I'm here for it, but with Chiefs camp, I am all here for I'm it. Here like, for it. <laughs> every, everything I've seen so far this week, I just get, I'm just getting giddy about. And it's, it's, it's crazy because we are watching practice. That's all we're watching. But it's, we've been so starved of football for so long and we're all so hungry after the disappointment of the Super Bowl that we just want to take it all in. And again, we're getting excited about Traverius Ward turning his head. Now we're getting excited about Clyde Edwards-Alaire catching screen passes and seeing Creed Humphrey out in space trying to find to go to the second level, seeing Joe Tooney get to the second level on the screen game. It, it's, it's just all coming together, Chiefs Kingdom. It's, and I, I feel like we need to end this show before I go too mad and wake all my kids up and go crazy. <laughs> Can I just say your hands and your arms are going absolutely mental at the moment. <laughs> it's week one of training camp. Can you realize 
how much have we missed football, <laughs> Chiefs football. The, the, the Tom's getting so excited. Um, but yeah, it it really is. I mean, you know, the, the the rookies really have kind of stepped up in this in this Chiefs camp. Um, again, we've got to kind of settle it down a little bit because it is week one. And we've got quite a few sessions to go yet until uh, until preseason starts. But from what we've seen so far, the Chiefs seem to be addressing everything that that went wrong in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that kind of fills our hopes up. Um, and I think the rest of the Chiefs kingdom as well that we're looking at a, a, a Chiefs organization that recognizes what went wrong, how they need to rectify it, and what they need to do moving forward. And Going back to what we did at the, at the at, at obviously at the top of the show, which uh, was talking about the franchise, I think a lot of Chiefs fans have realised that that game of the Super Bowl is probably going to be the making of us because we were on a high. We were obviously on a high uh, going into the, the second back-to-back Super Bowl. It, it, it's been unheard of mm. in this franchise. And going forward now, I really believe that the Chiefs are probably the most well-run organization. You know, this organization really understands what it means to reach Super Bowls, to win Super Bowls. And I think I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) At the end of the day, I look at the Super Bowl like as painful as that particular night was. If the end result of that one really bad night is the Chiefs draft and build the offensive line that protects Patrick Mahomes for four to five years and enables us to get to two, three, four Super Bowls and potentially win a couple of, a couple of those as well, then I'll, I'll happily take that. And I'd happily sit down and watch that Super Bowl every year if I had to. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's all we've got time for for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. You can listen to the Great British Chief Show every Saturday as we build up to the start of the new season. And if you have the time, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how we're doing. You can also listen to more Chiefs-related content on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Go check out Matt and Ron as well. It was great being on their show on the Out of Structure Podcast too. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to um, Chiefs or Die, the brothers and sisters of Chiefs or Die as well. Um, you know who you are. All that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.